I spent uh, about three and a half days last week visiting family in North Carolina. Uh, as uh, some of you know about me, I am like Father Blick is before I got here. Uh, we're members of a specific order in the Catholic Church uh, called the Ordinary to the Chair of St. Peter, uh, founded by Pope Benedict in 2012 for former Episcopal and Anglican priests uh, and our families. So Father Blick and I are both uh, among the 10 married Catholic priests in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. And um, I say that because I got to spend three and a half days with my daughter, uh, who is uh, uh, going to be, I won't say her age, because she's probably listening to this, but I've got two little granddaughters that are seven and nine years old. And I see them about twice a year, uh, and they always grow about that much in that period of time. And they're getting to be uh, quite uh, grown looking. But they're also still, you know, little girls. So it's entertaining for me uh, to see what, you know, what they think and how they interact with each other and how they interact with their crazy old grandpa when he shows up. Uh, but every time I go, something happens or something uh, uh, comes into to my presence that makes me think about things in different ways. And so it happened this, uh, this past week. Uh, I got in late one evening. We'd been up way too late. And I turned on the TV. I don't watch any TV for the most part. There's not much on it. But there was a movie channel that was on. And I turned on a movie that uh, when it came out in 1989 was promised to be the last one of three. There had been two previous ones, and this one was going to be the last one. It was called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And I believed them when they said it would be the last one, and they got me again. And now, 35 years later, they're still doing movies. My heart can't take watching an 85-year-old Harrison Ford running around with computer graphic images. I just can't, can't do it. But there's a scene in this movie, the Raider, the, uh, <laughs> the Last Crusade. The story is about Harrison Ford as an archaeologist and soldier of fortune, uh, and his father, played by Sean Connery. They both had the same name, Henry Jones, Sr. and Jr. So, the movie is about their search for the Holy Grail, the Cup of Christ. And many of you have seen that movie. They find it. By the end of it, they find the Holy Grail. And then they lose it. And it disappears. And there's this range of emotions at the end where there's so much sadness. You know, Indiana Jones is sad and the, the people who were helping him are sad. But his old man was beaming. And so, this is what his son says to him. Well, Dad... What did you get out of this? And he said, Illumination. Illumination. 
That's what I want to look at today. That's what these lessons are about today. Illumination, revelation, enlightenment, opening up our mind to the prospect of something being greater than we ever imagined. That's what our lesson on Epiphany Sunday is. About the illumination that we receive from the one who was born as a child in Bethlehem in Judea. Now our gospel is a different look at Christmas. We've spent uh, 11 days now looking at the story of Christmas primarily from Luke's gospel. And so we get the treasure that Luke brings to us with the Virgin Mary story of those events 20 centuries ago that changed course, the course of history forever. Those events that continue to change our lives today because they're not just old events in the past that are stuck in the past and locked away in a book. No, they continue to live and breathe and illuminate our minds and our hearts because it's God's eternal story we're taking part in today and every time we come to Mass. But this one's a little different. We had 11 days of Mary's story, and now we get Matthew's Gospel today. And we've touched on it a little bit over the, the Christmas season so far. Uh, but this one begins with, here's how the birth of Jesus took place in Bethlehem in Judea. Come right out and say it. Behold, Magi from the east came, bearing gifts, because they had seen signs and wonders in the stars, and they came to Jerusalem in Judea to see the, the one who was going to be born king of the Jews. Just boom, here are the magi. Now, we don't use the word magi very much. It gets, it gets translated into wise men. That's not doing them any justice at all when we do that. These were well-learned, experienced, uh, studying philosophies of many different cultures, conversant in many different languages, reading many different sacred scriptures, and they had read about the prophecy in Israel about one who is going to be born. And they noticed that stars would point the way. And so they followed the stars. They were constantly in search of illumination. Oh God, would all of us still always be in search of illumination? We shut down our minds and plug them into machines and let the machines do our thinking for us. Would that we would have the yearning for the light of illumination and the light of truth. Well, they did. They had it. And so they journeyed probably from Persia. We don't know how many there were. Matthew doesn't tell us. You know, there's a tradition that there were three of them their names aren't anywhere in Scripture. Tradition tells us they had names. And when we look at the, uh, the blessings with chalk, that will be, uh, you'll get your blessed chalk today if you wanted to do the house blessing of your house. You'll be able to write 20, 24, CMB with crosses between them. And people said, oh, C, okay. Caspar, yeah. M, Melchior, yeah. Balthazar, yes. That's not what they stand for. It stands for Christus Massionem Benedicat. May Christ bless this house. That's what this is about. 
taking their illumination and projecting it into our houses, announcing to all that Christ is the primary occupant of our house. That's why we do the blessing. So you'll get the blessed chalk after the Mass to put the blessing in, in the bulletin that you have. Uh, take it, it tells you how to do that if you haven't before. But Matthew says that they showed up, these magi, in Jerusalem with the great news of someone being born king of the Jews, and he goes straight to the king of the Jews, Herod, and said, hey, where is he who's born king of the Jews? Well, we're told in Scripture that this perturbed and annoyed and frightened Herod. Well, it should. He wasn't even Jewish, but he was king of the Jews. He was from Edom, Edomia. And he was placed as king over the Jews by the edict and order and force of the Roman Empire. So when they start talking about the prophecy about one being born king of the Jews, yeah, that unnerved him. So he, they said, the wise men, the magi, were come, they were come looking for him. Where were they going to find him? Well, Herod didn't know. That was a prophecy of someone else. So he uh, summoned his wise officials in the court in, in uh, Jerusalem, and they said, well, it's going to be in Bethlehem, the prophet Micah says, Bethlehem, O Bethlehem, you are not the least of the tribes or the villages in Judea, for it is from you, Bethlehem, that the one will come who will govern and shepherd my people Israel. So Herod then summoned the, it's very interesting how Matthew phrases all this, summoned the wise men secretly and tells the wise men, hey, look, you guys, go find him. Go, go to Bethlehem. Four to six miles away, it's not very far. Go find him and then come bring me word so that I can come and do him homage also. So the wise men were much wiser than Herod. They knew what he was up to. They figured it out. They knew. And so they set out to go to Bethlehem. And as they left Herod's palace, the star that they had noticed at its rising, they saw it again, and it was pointing their way to Bethlehem, south and east of Jerusalem. Now, this is no ordinary star. Stars don't, you, know, you can't, walk outside at night and say, I'm going to follow this star home. And you're going to be standing there looking. They don't move very fast when you look up at This was no ordinary star. People have tried for 20 centuries to explain what it is. Comet, alignment of the planets, asteroid meteor, uh, the Starship Enterprise coming in at the wrong time in history. No. It was a directional sign from God to them. There are some who say that the angel who spoke from the sky to the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night could take the form of a star. Angels are not physical beings. They can take whatever form that God wants them to, whatever it was. They went into Bethlehem. This is some time after the birth of Jesus because the evidence we have in Matthew's Gospel tells us. Mary and Joseph weren't in the stable in Bethlehem when they got there. No, it doesn't even say anything about Joseph being there at all in this text. 
The wise men came to Bethlehem, found them in a house, and they were overwhelmed and overjoyed by the illumination that they were already anticipating from this child. And they went in and were further awed so that they fell to the ground, did homage to this baby, who was probably one to two years old by then. And I'll tell you why that is in a minute. They were in a house. Joseph isn't mentioned, and it does no good to speculate where he was. I suspect, since they were poor when they got to Bethlehem a year before, two years, he probably was working. We don't know. But Mary was there, and they did homage to her too. And so they opened up their treasures and gave to this child and his mother gifts, extraordinary gifts, gold for a king, giving him frankincense for a priest and myrrh for a prophet knowing that in this child there was the total summation and consummation and completion of king, prophet, and priest. And they gave him their gifts. Well, on a very crass level, Joseph and Mary weren't poor anymore. And they probably needed the money because when the wise men did not go back and report the news to Herod, because we're told clearly they went a different way back to their own country. And that's a verse that I want to stop at for just a minute. No one can come into the presence of God Almighty, our Lord Jesus Christ, and encounter the illumination and the enlightenment and the joy and the power and the majesty and magnificence of Him without being changed. We're changed every time we come to Mass when we allow ourselves to be. And so no one walks out the doors by the same path. We go a different path. We don't jump back into the same old, same old things out there that frustrate us and make us angry and make us isolate. No. No, no, we don't go by that path anymore. We don't have to. Because we have within us, as the wise men did, the illumination from above. They went by a different path because they were filled with all that that holy family had showered upon them. And we get all that too. So we have no need or point in going back down the same pathways that brought us in here. We're filled with the truth and hope. Well, we know how this story proceeds. When the wise men went by a different way, Herod in his insanity sent his soldiers into Bethlehem to put to death Every baby boy under the age of two. So why did he pick two? Because Herod, we're told, ascertained from the wise men what time they saw the star. He had wise counselors in his court who could do math. So he put to death every baby boy under the age of two, except for the Christ child. Joseph, we know, was there because Joseph, being a visionary chosen by God, constantly heard God's voice and he was warned in a dream take Mary and the child and leave go to Egypt 
and that takes the story in a different trajectory that's apart from our text today. There's a lot of other evidence in the world that in Egypt they spent up to five years because there are 30 to 40 different villages still today in Egypt that have evidence showing that Mary, Jesus, and Joseph spent time there. And there's a church in every one of those places. Those aren't part of our story today. Our story leaves us with the illumination that the wise men received that changed their lives forever. Please remember that the illumination you receive here today from our songs, from our prayers, from our lessons, from our gathering at his altar and being filled with his body, blood, soul, and divinity, that changes us from the inside out. So when we open our hearts to him and allow him to lead us through his light, through his illumination, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yeah, Jesus is that for us. We let him lead us. We are able to go out and not join in the darkness and the pain and the bitterness that everyone else is feeling. The world is dark. Always has been. The enemy is still the enemy. Always has been. And he's always been defeated by the one who sent his light upon the world, the one who died on the cross for us and for our salvation, who fills us with all of his best blessings so that we can go out and share them with others. My brothers and sisters, it's impossible to hoard the blessings of God and keep them all to yourself. You don't even get them when you do that. The harder you try to squeeze them, they just slip right through your hands. God's blessings for us are meant to be shared with others. So his illumination, his light, his enlightenment, his, his grace, his mercy, his blessing, his body, blood, soul, and divinity change us from the inside out, and we go out by another complete trajectory than the one we came in by. And we have the power through him in us to smile when everyone else is grimacing. To be kind when everyone else is being bitter. We have that power within us because He is changing us to be compassionate the way He is compassionate to us. He blesses us. He gives us His illumination so that we can change the world. The world that He created that's fallen so bitterly and broken. He's given us Himself to carry into the world to make a difference for Him. He made a difference for us. The proof will be right here for you when you come forward at, at the second part of this Mass. Take Him into the world on a new trajectory, a new path, and let Him change you so that you can change those around you. That's how we experience the fullness of His blessings when we share them. And what better time to do that than here on the 12th day of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you.